Welcome. My name is Keith Simons and I'm a Bible teacher from England. From England where, if you're listening to this talk when it's first broadcast, you'll have been watching maybe the coronation of King Charles III. Is there a psalm appropriate to a coronation? Why, yes. The writer of most of our psalms was a king, King David. And the subject of very many of our psalms is the rule of a king, the King Messiah, the Christ. And that's true of the psalm that we're looking at today, Psalm 148, which we're going to be looking at verse by verse and word by word. This psalm is a great psalm of praise to God, giving honour to God and calling on everything in creation, from heaven above or from earth below, to give God the honour that he alone deserves. And this psalm is presented to us in the form of a psalm at the time of Messiah's rule, a time when the Messiah has full authority, not just in heaven, but also over the earth. And the whole earth therefore joins with the inhabitants of heaven to praise and give honour to God. The psalm begins and ends with the words in the King James Bible, Praise ye the Lord. That's the Hebrew phrase, Hallelujah. Hallelujah calls on people to praise. And Yah is the shortened form of God's most holy name. And after that shortened form, verse 1 continues, Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. And that repetition of the word Lord is the full four-letter holy name of God, the name which the Jewish people do not pronounce, which is sometimes presented in English as Jehovah, as in the hymn, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. It means the eternal God, the one who always has been God, the one who always will be God, the one who was God before the worlds were made, before anything was created, he was God. The one who at the end of time and into eternity will still rule as God above all things. So the psalm says, praise ye the Lord from the heavens. In the highest place, this chorus of praise begins and we're going to see how it descends and fills the air and fills the whole world as all of creation joins together in praise, but it begins by praising him in the heights, in the highest places. Verse 2, praise ye him, all his angels. We've got a description in Isaiah 6 of some of the angels praising God. Isaiah wrote this, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts, the whole earth 
is full of his glory. The seraphims, the angels of fire, that means in the Hebrew. There with six wings giving honour to God. We read elsewhere in the Bible about archangels, about seraphim and cherubim. All these different banks of angels, yet the servants of God, who join together in praising God. Praise ye him, Psalm 148, verse 2, second half verse. Praise ye him, all his hosts, his armies, the mighty armies of angels that do God's work. Oh, we're unaware of those great armies of angels, but Jesus wasn't. Matthew chapter 26, 53, Jesus speaking, in the garden of Gethsemane, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? The legion of the Roman army meant 6,000 men. And Jesus is saying that he can pray to God and this vast army of angels would descend to to protect him and to save him from his enemies. But he was choosing to be arrested. Jesus was choosing to be arrested so that he could be killed and so that he could die to take the punishment for our sins. But those angels are there. Those hosts, those armies of God are there doing his work. And now that we've looked at the height of heavens, Let's let's look at the skies around us. Let's look at the sun and moon and the stars and see what, when Messiah reigns, they are doing. Verse 3. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. How can the sun and moon praise God? Well, God's given them an order. The sun to rule by day and to shine its light on the earth by day and the moon to rule by night, and to shine its light by night. Praise him, all ye stars of light. So many stars that we cannot count them. And we look at this vast array of stars in the sky, and every one of them, like the sun, like the moon, has its own duty to give praise and honour to God, the God who created it, the God by whom it has its place in the sky. Verse 4. Praise him, ye heavens of heavens. Uh, we see references to the third heaven and the seventh heaven. The, the idea that there are heavens above heavens and God's place is above them all. Praise him, ye waters that be above the heavens. Genesis chapter 1 describes heaven as the firmament, the, the separation between the waters that are above and the waters that are below. The waters that are below are the waters on earth. So there are waters above the heavens, above the firmament. Something which is beyond our comprehension, beyond our ability to understand. Yet God created them. To God they belong and God claims them as his own. So verse 5 of Psalm 148, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. God gave his word of command 
In Genesis chapter 1, you can read how each time he created something, he spoke his word of command, and that thing came into existence. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Established means he established them. He placed the heavens and the stars and the, the, the sky in place. And he made a decree. He made a law. He made a rule by which they were to behave. The, the sun was to shine by day, the moon by night. The days and the seasons and the times would pass. And God made the rule by which everything in creation should operate. And after this great, this great appeal to everything in heaven and in the skies to praise God, the author of our psalm in verse 7 changes his approach. He turns to the earth and he turns the world around. Oh, the heavens, uh, the angels in heaven, they, they've always served God. They've remained loyal to God. But here on earth, we haven't. We've turned this whole earth into opposition against God. And no wonder everything works wrongly. And there are famines and there are troubles and there are, there's cruelty on every side because of the way we have turned against God. That's what the Bible says. And so when the author of our psalm turns and he says in verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth. He's calling for something dramatic. He's calling for the world which is in rebellion against God to, like heaven itself, turn and praise God. Something which isn't happening now, but will happen when Messiah reigns fully over everything. So if you were calling on the world below to praise God, where would you begin? Well, the author of our psalm begins in the deepest places. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps. At the time of the writing of the King James Bible, the dragon was a word used for a mythical animal, an animal that didn't exist, but a peculiar and strange and powerful animal. And what they were translating from the Hebrew was a name for an animal which did exist. We, we find it described as a serpent or a snake or, or, or sometimes as a sea monster. So maybe the word was used for different sorts of animals, giant sea creatures, this kind of thing. And he seems to be thinking about the sea here because he says, you dragons and all deeps, the deepest places, the abyss, the bottom of the sea. He's saying that even in the deepest places, the animals there should join to give praise to God. The fish and all the strange creatures that live below the sea. And then in verse 8, he turns from living things to fire and hail, snow and vapour, stormy wind fulfilling his word. How can fire praise God? Well, it doesn't praise God if it destroys, if it kills. But if fire does what it's supposed to do, if it warms people, if it cooks their food, if it does good things, 
Then it's bringing praise to God. And there is a place for fire and a place for hail and snow. The reason these things seem out of place so often in our world today is because our world is in rebellion against God, a rebellion that is corrected when Messiah reigns. And vapour, he says. Well, the word for vapour is, it means smoke. It might mean clouds. Stormy wind fulfilling his word. Yes, God has used the storm and the wind on earth to carry out his judgments. He's carried out his judgments against enemy armies who are, who are attacking his people in Israel. And in that way, the storm carries out God's judgment and so brings praise to God. And then he thinks about the great things. He says that these should praise God too. Verse 9, mountains and all hills. They are great. They are impressive. They are larger than anything else on earth. So, of course, they should join to give honour to their creator too. And then the trees, which he classes as fruitful trees and all cedars. If you read Genesis 1, it makes specific reference about how trees are supposed to bring forth fruit and bear seed. And people should do that too. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, uh, Paul writes. People should bring forth fruits, good results out of their lives. And when they do that, they bring honour to God and all cedars. People have thought of the cedars in the time of the Bible as very great trees, and, and so they are. The cedars of Lebanon were famous for the great trees, and it was those trees which were floated along the Mediterranean Sea to build the house of God, the temple in Jerusalem. So even trees, you see, can be used in the praise of God. Verse 10, beasts and all cattle. The word beasts here means living things. The word cattle here is speaking about wild animals as well as farm animals in the Hebrew language. But basically, animals that have four legs. Creeping things. There's lots of things that creep along the earth. And many of them have many legs. So we've got the four legs of the cattle and the many legs of the creeping things and flying fowl. Fowl means birds. So whether they move by, by four feet or many feet or, or, or whether they fly on wings like birds, why all these living things of all these different kinds should praise God. They should give honour to the God who created them. They should do the things for which he created them. They should serve God. And so if mountains and hills and fire and hail and all kinds of animals should praise God, then what about people? Verse 11, well, they should praise God too. King Charles has just been appointed to this very high position of responsibility and influence here in England. Yet the psalm calls on him to praise God too. Kings of the earth, 
and all people. There was a time when, when there were lots of countries with kings, and there still are quite a few. And each of them is called on to praise God, along with the people too. Uh, whether a person is important, whether people consider a person important or unimportant, doesn't matter in this. They all should praise God. They all should give honour to God. But let's think of those who have specific responsibility. The word prince nowadays means a member of a royal family. At the time of the Bible, it meant much more someone who has important responsibilities, a ruler. So princes and all judges of the earth, well, that's referring to princes in the sense of rulers, in the sense of leaders of the army, and judges, those who've got responsibility for the law, those who make decisions in law. So these important people, these powerful people, kings and princes and judges, must join together to praise God. Verse 12, both young men and maidens. What are young men famous for? For their strength. That is what young men are proud about. And maidens, young women, what are they proud about? Their beauty. But God deserves all the glory and all the honour. So let young men in their strength give honour for that strength to God. Let maidens, young women, in their beauty give honour for that beauty to God. It's God who has all strength. It's God who has all beauty. They should praise God. So should old men and children. Old men, those who are wise or who are considered wise. And children, it could mean boys or servants, well, those who people usually consider foolish. Oh, but they all should do what's wise here. They all should give honour to God. They all should praise the living God, the God who created them, the God to whom they belong. And all young and old alike will praise God in the day when Messiah reigns. And so the psalmist encourages them. Verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the, he above the earth and heaven. Let them praise the name. The name describes the character of God. God's perfect character, that all he does is right and good and great. His name is excellent. His name is high above all. His glory, his splendid majesty is above the earth and heaven. Paul writes in Philippians 2 verse 9 about Christ. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, when all of creation 
gives honour to God's Messiah, then all of creation will give honour to God himself and will recognise the true greatness of God, the living God, the eternal God. And God will show his kindness to his people. No longer will enemies defeat them and destroy them and attack them. No, they will be strong in that day when Messiah rules as King of Jerusalem and King of the whole world. Verse 14 of Psalm 148. He, God, also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints. The horn of his people. Like a bull or, or a fierce animal, a ram, has horns with which it attacks and with which it shows its strength. So God's people Israel will be strong when God exalts their horn. Exalt means lifts up. When God makes them strong in the day of Messiah's rule, they, his holy people, his kind people, the people who serve him, will receive their honour. They will receive their honour because they are servants of God. Who are these holy people? Even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. The people among whom God lives. The people among whom God has his holy house. Where God has made a close relationship with him, himself. These are the people who God exalts. These are the people who God gives honour to. We look now at Israel's people and we see them, many of them far from God, but when they are truly a people near unto him, when God's Messiah rules over them and over all the world, then Israel will be truly strong. And so the psalm ends with a final hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. In a moment, I'll read you the whole of Psalm 148. But first, my email address, it's 333kjv at gmail.com. Please let me know where in the world you are. 333kjv at gmail.com. And now here is the whole of Psalm 148. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heaven, heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not pass. Praise the Lord from the earth, ye dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapour, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings 
of the earth, and all people, princes, and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise ye the Lord.